You're listening to the Soul Care Podcast. I'm Elaine Hamilton, the founder of the Soul Care House, a group of therapists working in community with a shared perspective about the path towards healing and change. This podcast is about creating a space for real conversations about real life struggles, a place where you can gather insight and support for issues that are relevant to you and the people you love. So sit back, put your feet up, and let's talk. Hey friends, Happy New Year. I just recorded an episode with my bestie, Leanna Tankersley, and we are double dipping today, creating an episode for both of our podcasts, so that was fun. Um, We're talking on this episode about entering a new year after a, a difficult season and talking about how we're processing loss and the disorientation that that creates and just this idea that like if you're heading into a new year without the ability to be like you know gunning right out the gate with like lots of motivation and lots of change you want to create how can you respect where you're at and be kind to yourself cut yourself some slack allow yourself to be where you're at and do the best you can to take care of yourself in a tough season so here we go um, hello, my precious friends. Um, I am here on the line with, you guessed it, the one, the only Elaine Hamilton. And we wanted to get back together now that it is a new year. Mm-hmm. Can we even believe this? And um, t- talk to you guys about looking back on our last year and looking ahead to our new year. And I think one of the things I want to say right off the bat is that it's not too late. <laughs> like we're only in the first week of January. And so right. sometimes I think we can think we're already behind, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on the first day, right? To like come out the gate, like guns a blazing and get your whole self figured out. But you know, some of us are real tired that day and we just need to rest and binge watch. Oh. Maybe, maybe for a few more days even. And then we can get back on, we can, exactly we can like, figure out where we're going. Exactly. We can't always have our whole year figured out on day one. And it's not too late to look back. Like I feel so strongly that the tide is taking us forward and not, we don't always take the time to look back. And it's like how, in my own life anyway, how can yeah. I, how can I look ahead with intention without looking back at the context that brings me to this point, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I was encouraging everybody, including myself to do was to go back and say, and I, and I do this every year it's, and I do it because it's simple and it, it can take as much time as you want it to, but it, it can take 10 minutes is go back through your year last year, month by month, write all the months down on your paper and then just write what comes to mind per month, um, like what milestones or what memories you have from each month. And I think it, it, it surprised me. And Elaine, I know you did this. So I'd love to hear kind of like what came up for you when you did this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it was kind of, it was obviously it was a really overwhelming year for me with losing Ken. And um, so like I was, I was hesitant to do it because I'm that, that was a, that was a terrible year. And do I really want to go back and really think through all of that? But um, I think because you suggested it, I'm like, okay, LT, LT has some secrets and I'm just going to do what she says and see what comes of that. And um, 
it was just super helpful to do it. I, I sort of scanned the months a little bit. Like I wrote a little bit about what happened each month and, um, but not all the things because there were too many things and they were too terrible. But I think as I, as I wrote, I was like, Oh, that happened that month. And, Oh, that terrible thing happened that month. And it, it was just like, by the time I got to the end of it, I heard myself say, oh my gosh, no wonder you're so exhausted, right? Like, no wonder you have no motivation to get out of bed right now, right? Like, it was just very um, affirming. It just felt like, oh, I see the trouble. I see why you're not headed into this new year with like a lot of motivation and excitement and why it's like, I'm just really glad last year's over. Yeah, yes. It gives perspective to like where you find yourself right now. I, w- I did the same thing and I, I like just took one month, like the month of August for me personally. It was like my house in San Diego closed. I started the process by myself of getting a loan for a new house here in Virginia. I had a book release. I had the kids going back to school, one of whom was starting a new school. And it's just like, that's a whole year's worth of things in one month. And so when you look back and you actually see it in front of you, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, some pretty significant things happened. And um, there's a reason why I need to like get a running start for this year. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's sometimes the magic of writing things down, like journaling and that sort of thing is like somehow it helps us to see ourselves a little bit removed from ourselves Mm -hmm. because like in our heads, we're usually saying terrible things to ourselves, but Sometimes if you write things down, there's a little bit more perspective of like, oh gosh, yeah, that is very hard. Yeah, that does make sense. Of course that was challenging. Of course that was painful. Um, yeah. I think yeah, it, we're more objective. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 It's so it's it's so good. So um I think it's helpful to go back and look, like I said, so that it gives us a jumping off point for going forward. And so I just I think if anyone hasn't done that yet, it, it doesn't take forever. You just, just sit yeah. down and, and, and take some time to look back before you jump into uh, going forward. Mm-hmm. And then I think what Elaine and I, in, in the last episode that we recorded together, which came out, I believe right around Thanksgiving, we just, we kind of recapped the year in a way and talked about kind of where, where we were as we were heading into the holidays and sort of talking through like what the holidays were going to look like for each of us having been through significant loss and um, kind of what our strategies were, right? Um, It's going to be one of the more difficult Christmases we've ever had. And so how are we going to take care of ourselves while we're going through that? So if you guys need more context as to kind of where Elaine and I are as we as we start moving into this next year, that would be a good episode to go back and listen to. And if you're trying to navigate loss, that would be, of course, a good episode to go back and listen to. But um, as we think about uh, the new year, I always say this every year, and I have to remind myself that the only resolution you actually truly need is to begin again. It's easy to start the beginning of the year with some good intentions and that um, life happens as we all know. And so the major resolution that we need is to know that we can always begin again. And that has served me Mm -hmm. at the beginning of years. And as you kind of move into the year to remember that like, it's okay, it's okay. And we can begin again. Right. Right. Yeah. And it sort of, it reminds us that it's inevitable that things are going to go sideways and you're going to get off track with whatever you're working on. And I, I think it's just a super helpful way to think about change in your own life is the recognition that 
I'm going to try and fail and try and fail. And uh, hopefully over time, I'm, I'm more successful than not. But the failing is part of the process of change. Yes. And the success lies in getting back up and, and reengaging. It doesn't necessarily lie in reaching a perceived finish line, right? The success yeah. is that I'm, I'm sticking with it and I'm, and I'm, I'm showing back up to my life the yeah. best I can given all of the circumstances. Yes. Yeah. Good. Absolutely. Okay. So where do you want to go next, Elaine? Do you want to, do you want to kind of look back at 2019 or do you want to talk about, um, uh, where, where, what are you prioritizing in 2020 or your word for 2020? Where do you want to go next? Well, I think you, you asked me the question a while ago. You said, what do you want to let go of yeah. um, from last year? And so um, that, was, that was a super helpful question because I, it, it, was, it was clear to me right away that like there, there's a lot to let go of from last year. And one of the things that came to mind is like the trauma of the experience of losing Ken was so constant, right? The, just the everydayness of things going very badly constantly, right? And, yeah. and so much yeah. happening in the middle of that. Um, and so I was just like, oh gosh, I, what I really want to find a way to do is let go of the trauma that is still sitting in my body, the way that I'm like, I can feel the anxiety just sort of sitting there. I can feel the tension, the, of course, the inflammation that I deal with regularly as someone with an autoimmune disorder um, that like, I, I can't afford to let that sit in my body because it's going to make me sicker. And so um, one of the ways that I can do that is by constantly trying to listen to my body. And I don't, I don't like to do that. I like to like push and say yeah. like, my body can't be in charge of me because I might never get out of bed if my body was always in charge because yeah. of, because of the chronic pain. But, um, I think this is a season where it's probably more important than ever that like, I just pay attention like, Oh gosh, everything really hurts today. So I just, I just need to lay down for a little while. Or the other thing that really helps is like, I need to laugh, right? So like, mm -hmm. I need to be, I need to do some things that are fun and hang out with people who get me laughing. Like that actually really calms down my body. So trying to um, be very deliberate about like, how can I help my body let go of the trauma that it's holding on to? Yes. My mind. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, um, that is huge. We had a, we had a question, you know, I put this on social media um, before you and I sat mm -hmm. down and record about, you know, what, what did people want us to um, cover? And one of the things that someone brought up, which I thought was so good is this phrase, letting go, how it's like practically, uh, um, you know, like a, a, a cliche or a, um, like a, an ad on a commercial. Right. Right. And yet letting go is actually very difficult. <laughs> Um, it's not just a catchphrase, you know, it's not just like a motto. And yeah. so I just thought like, that's such a good point. Like we talk about, okay, so letting go of trauma is great, but that is a big deal. Yeah. So, um, I think that uh, like the things we want to let go of, we have to, we can't just say it. Right. And that's what you're saying. You can't just say that and like put it on a t-shirt. You yes. have to like, you have to figure out practices that will help you actually release that on your body, right? Yeah. yeah, I think that's the that's the key, right, to all of this. It's like I, I have to develop a plan to help me 
do that letting go because it will not happen naturally, right? Like my body wants to hold on to all that pain. Emotionally, in some ways, I want to hold on to the pain. And so I really need a plan. And and part of the plan is not only just listening to my body, but came out of like um, some some insight that I got when we were at the orchestra retreat in October. And we were leading the ladies through some uh, some questions and um, I was talking about how one of the things I was wrestling with was feeling responsible for Ken's death. Like somehow him having cancer was my fault. And I was like, I, I'm, I'm constantly coming up with ways in which I must have contributed to that happening. Like whether I added too much stress to his life or I didn't, uh, you know, just like a million ways in which like I, I, <laughs> one of the most ridiculous things I heard myself think was like, I had the temperature of the house too high. Like he was always hot and that made him more susceptible. Right. I'm just like, I know it sounds insane when I say it out loud, but like inside it feels true. And one of the things that happened when I was um, journaling during that weekend was I recognized that like that, that way of thinking that taking responsibility for something that is so beyond my control is exactly like what I did as a little girl um, through my experiences of being molested for years, right? Like one of the takeaways as a little girl from those experiences was to blame myself for these terrible things that were happening to me, that somehow they're my fault. There's something about me that calls these terrible things to me or something about me that means the I'm a, I'm a target for that, or I deserve that. I think that was maybe even the bigger things. Like I deserve what's happening mm-hmm. to me. And I know that's super common, especially for people who have experienced violation is to take responsibility. Somehow I deserve that. And that resurfaced again, that old way of thinking about myself resurfaced mm-hmm. um, through Ken's, Ken's sickness and death. It's like somehow I'm responsible for this. And it is impossible to move forward in the grieving process in my body, in my emotions, if I hold on to that very young girl, very little girl conclusion about why terrible things happen to me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That, that's been something like I, when that comes up in different crazy ways, I have to like just pause a minute and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, is that real? And if I, if I can't think my way through that, I got to call a friend and say, does that sound right to you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Reality check, please. I need a reality check. Yeah. yeah. So that's a that's another big yeah. piece that I'm trying to let go of from the last year. It's so good because it you're stuck. Like what you just said, you can't move through the grief process if you're constantly thinking there's something that you could have done to avoid the outcome. Right. Right. It it, it gets you stuck in your grief and you, you're not you're not able to move through the process because you're just rehearsing right. how if you would have been on your game a little more, maybe something this wouldn't have happened. Or something. Is that right? Right. Totally. Totally. I, I should have, if I had done the right things, whatever those magical things were, this wouldn't have happened to him. It wouldn't have happened to my kids. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have happened to me. Um, because I think as human beings, we're always trying to come up with the why. Like, why is something terrible happening to me and to people I love? And one of the one of the answers that we come up with is I deserve that. And it's super unhelpful. Yeah. So that's a, that's a letting go from 2019 is for sure. um, Self-blame. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah, because if I if I don't let go of that, I'm going to continue to treat myself badly, right? Like I'm going to ramp yeah. up into compulsive self-medicating strategies that have, have always called my name, right? Like I'm going to eat too much. I'm going to drink too much. I'm going to refuse to exercise. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do other self-destructive things because I am aligning with this self-destructive belief. I'm saying, yeah, you're right about me. And so I deserve more terrible things. So let's just really ramp that up. So it's, it's really, and I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) I know no one does. No, it does. Right. That is so good, Elaine. That's so good. Connecting those two things. Oh my gosh. Mm. That's really very profound that those behaviors, those self-destructive behaviors are coming out of a self-destructive mindset. Totally. Yeah. We don't do crazy things without a reason, right? Like uh, there's always meaning behind why are we treating ourselves so badly? Why are we drinking too much? Why are we eating too much sugar? Like, why are we doing that? It's not because we're idiots. It's not because we don't know this isn't good for us. It's because we're trying to hush something inside of us Mm. or agree with something inside of us that's like really calling us down a tunnel of doom, right? Oh my gosh, you're on fire right now. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm very familiar with the, that, that calling. The tunnel of doom? Yeah, you're very familiar with Oh my gosh. I feel like maybe you and I have walked down the tunnel of doom together a couple times. Yeah, we have. Something yeah, we have. About that. <laughs> you know, and it's more uh, fun to do it with a buddy, I would, I would have to say. <laughs> Most things are. Most I'm not recommending are. it. I'm just saying it's less terrible. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay, Tunnel of Doom. Yeah. T-shirt. We need to not have T-shirts that say Tunnel of Doom. I think that's the point. We're trying to avoid the Tunnel of Doom. <laughs> exactly. Um, that is so good. Mm. And if you're someone who, in the new year, is trying to cut out sugar or trying to cut out alcohol and the in excess or whatever it is, that just just addressing the behavior is not enough. Right. Yeah, there's just not enough um, oomph to that, right? Like saying to myself, like, it's really not good for me to have a second or third glass of wine right now. That is not ever enough for me to stop. Right? Like, <laughs> I can blow past that idea in a heartbeat. Yeah. What I need is like a grander a grander thing that I'm shooting for is like, I'm trying to treat my body with kindness. This is not in my best interest. Like, I'm not going to feel good. I'm going to increase my inflammation. I'm going to hear the terrible things inside of me all the louder. It's like, I don't want to do that to myself. I'm going to, I'm really working on being kind to myself right now. So what do we actually need, right? Like, what am I feeling the need for? Gosh, maybe I'm feeling disconnected from others, or maybe I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling... I'm bored. I'm feeling stuck. Like what, what's my actual need and what's a healthy way that I can go about meeting that need. So it might be Mm. to call a friend or to go outside or to start a craft project or to, you know, I don't know, run, run my ass off. Like what, what is it that I need to do to actually take care of the need inside me that's propelling the behavior? That's so good. Okay. For me, I think um, one of the things that I am wanting to let go of from 2019, and it's similar in the sense that it's like a bit of a mindset. And um, I think because of all of the transition of the last couple of years, um, one of the ways that my stress and my anxiety manifests itself is by constantly rehearsing 
possibilities mm. and options and constantly reevaluating decisions I've already made. Yes. And the other day I was doing this exercise. I, in our last podcast, I mentioned that I was having um, my, our mutual friend, Lindsay, who's a spiritual director, send me a box that was a self-contained personal retreat as a part of my sabbatical that I took while my kids were gone. And um, well, they were gone for Christmas. Well, one of the exercises that she invited me to do was, what is your mind holding that's keeping you from being present? And this is the other thing. Like I'm thinking about what you're sharing about your um, turning in on yourself as you're thinking about the last year with Ken. It's just one more way that we are unable to be present in what's actually going. It just takes us out of being present, yeah. right? When our when our minds and, our, and all that going. So for me, um, when my mind gets going like this, it's very manic. And so this exercise was what's, what's going on in your mind that's keeping you from being present right now in this time. And Elaine, I, I started (laughs) writing and I wrote for four straight pages and it was every single sentence started this. Should I buy the day cream that's $80, even though I really think it's going to go on sale at Ulta for 65. And if I can get the coupon and I'm almost out of my day cream, but is that too expensive? Should I not spend that? Uh, Should I finish the basement? Um, and then um, make sure that it has a kitchenette so that I could Airbnb it. And that would be an extra income stream. Uh, should I have all of my household via, um, Amazon subscribe and see that extra trip per month to target should, I mean, it went on, should I go keto? Should I stop (laughs) drinking alcohol altogether? I wrote four pages of those. And I'm telling you right this second, believe me when I say it, those things were not, I didn't have to think about them. They were like right there. Yeah. Right there. It's all of these extraordinary ideas, options, possibilities. And what we both know about me is that directed and channeled, this is a really pop. <laughs> I mean, it's my favorite part of my personality. <laughs> it's my favorite thing about you, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's also yeah. like the world's scaliest underbelly, too. Because mm-hmm. anyway, I just wrote and I wrote, should I do this? Should I? And it's not should like shame should, it should like. Wow, the possibilities are the truly possibilities. endless. Um, so I think that when my mind gets going with these shoulds and all of these possibilities and options that I'm rehearsing, entertaining, considering, it takes up so much energy and brain space that what I find is that I'm often exhausted because of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm also paralyzed because of that. I can't actually move forward in any direction because I'm entertaining so many options. And yes. so while I can't cure and fix my brain completely from doing that, I think one of the, the, my strategies for trying to like manage it is that there, I, every morning now, or I should say many mornings, I am just starting my journal page with all my should eyes and all the things that maybe I think I want to purchase or lifestyle changes or, uh-huh. you know, all these grandiose and big ideas and just download it and get it out of my head. And then, you know, some things just do not require my attention. Like, like they seem to when they're up in my head. And so like, yes, I need to make a decision about this, but these other things, they just, they don't require my attention right now. They're just pinging around. And then, um, 
making decisions about certain things and then telling myself that I will not revisit that decision for three months. I will not, I'm just going to commit to myself that um, I'm going to make a certain decision and then I'm not going to, I'm going to try it and I'm going to give it time. And then in three months or in six months or whatever, then I'll revisit it and say, was that working? Oh, that's good. Was that life? So that's something that I think really blared loudly that um, in my stress and anxiety, I move into this like cornucopia of possibility and it doesn't always serve me. (laughs) Right, right. I love what you're saying about like make a decision and then live with it for a while without revisiting, right? Without um, re-questioning your decision, right? Like I think think that's super, super helpful to do that. Because there's no way to know what the right decision is to make about a lot of things. And, and this is the and, underlying issue, Elaine, is that I think in my head there is this assumption that I could potentially figure out the exact right way to mm-hmm. order my life so mm-hmm. that it would just be smooth sailing. And that's the underlying assumption that I also need to let go of, is that there's yeah. actually no perfect way of doing really anything. Yep. Yeah, super helpful if we can make peace with that. Yeah, we can try things and then we can say, did that work? And, um, and then, yeah, kind of move on. Right. Um, but I find that that grinding um, is very, it, it just takes me out of so much of what I want to give my attention and energy and brain space to. Yes, yeah. One of the things that Ken used to always say is, um, I made the best decision I could at the time with the information I had. And then Mm. for some reason he was able to just like walk away from the outcomes, be like, well, I mean, that was what I knew at the time. That's what made sense at a time. And, you know, you can't know what you don't know until it's too late. Right. So I just, I just really appreciated that kind of way of, of looking at things. It's like, uh, all I know is this right now. And so I'm going to, I'm going to make a decision. It's the best I can do right now. It may not turn out to be the best decision, but it's the best I can do right now with the information I have. And so I can live with that. Yeah, that's so good. And I have to take into consideration, we were talking, you and I were talking about this earlier. Like I am just at a, a season right now, which you are too, where I don't have the same kind of engine that I once had. I don't have right. the same kind of capacity and stamina. And so sometimes it's just a matter of like, wow, that is a great idea, but I just simply don't have the margin for it right now. Yes. Like I this whole, I mean, you're going to laugh, this whole complex thing about, I think I'm going to give away every piece of clothing I own. And then I'm just <laughs> going to take like $1,000 or $800. I'm going to save up my money. And then I'm just going to cure this very tight wardrobe so that I have no, like, I don't have to really think about getting ready. I'm going to have a uniform. Oh my God. Like, I went into this whole thing, you know? And it's like, it's not practical. It's not no. necessary. And I don't have the margin, honestly, right now to do mm-hmm. all that. You know, and you, and are not, you are not a capsule wardrobe kind of person. <laughs> I'm not by nature a minimalist. No. no, you are an artist. You need flowy caftans and kimonos and you need a lot of them. I, I do kind of. I hate to say that, but I do kind of. And I just, yeah, it's like, this is not this is not practical and it's, and I don't have the margin for it and it's not congruent, which we're going to get to that, that big word. <laughs> but um, anyway, so I think that's, I love that. I love Mr. Ken's like, I mean, I wish I could be that practical, but it's also right. helpful to like 
put those kinds of mantras in front of you and just say, mm-hmm. right now, I am choosing not to give away all of my clothes and curate a uniformed wardrobe. I'm just not going to do that right now. So no, no, this is a bad idea. And if you decide to do it, I want all the things, (laughs) but I'm just saying this is a bad idea. (laughs) You and I need to switch wardrobes sometime and then we'll be like, Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Why did why was I trying to get rid of that? (laughs) Exactly. Give it back. Give it back. A lot of that. (laughs) Okay. I love it. Okay. So we, you and I both also, um, decided that we would share our words for 2020. And I don't always do this every year. I just thought I I wanted to do it this year. So why don't you go first? Okay. Well, I I came up with the word accept um, because it was very clear to me that, you know, from what I said earlier, I've spent a lot of time judging how I'm doing everything, judging how I did the last year, judging how I did our whole relationship, judging how I'm doing now. Am I am I, how am I grieving? Like judging my grieving? Am I crying too much? Am I not crying enough? Am I, you know, just like all of, all of the judging. Um, that is of course, super unhelpful, unhelpful because there's not a, there's not a right way to do any of these things. Right. So, um, my, my hope is that like, I'm, I'm going to try like whatever's going on in the day. Like I'm having a, I'm having a day where I feel really sad. I feel unmotivated. I, probably I'm spending more time in bed than I'd like to, but like, what if I just accept this is a bad day for me and I don't have a lot of motivation or energy. And so I'm just going to accept today is a day where I don't have a lot of energy and tomorrow might be different, but today is like that. And then there are days when, gosh, I have a lot of energy. I feel joy. I'm excited. There's a lot going on. I'm laughing. I'm at the office. I'm making jokes. And then Instead of judging, gosh, do you remember that your husband died last year? Like, do you remember that? Like that thought will come. And I'm just Mm. like, it's again, super unhelpful. What if I just said to myself, oh gosh, today I'm feeling really good. I'm enjoying everyone. I'm feeling light. This is really a gift. So I'm just going to accept that today I'm having a great day. And isn't that, well, isn't that lovely? So just like in a million ways, my body's needing rest today. Okay. Accept. Your body, my body has energy today. Okay, let's go outside. Let's go do something. Just accept, accept whatever's going on instead of judging the heck out of it and creating this whole swirl that is so unhelpful. Oh, it's so good. When you, this is a side note, when you have those days where you're like, um, today I'm not doing well and I need to spend mm-hmm. more time in bed than I like, or I just am lacking energy or focus or whatever. Do you fear that that'll never go away? Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think when it's happening, I'm like, I'm sliding. I'm sliding right. into yeah. a pit that I'll never be able to dig myself out of. And so I think on days like that, for me, it's really important to call somebody hmm. and it just yeah. say, Hey, I'm, I just wanted to say hi and see how you're doing and tell you I'm not doing great. And, you know, and I, ha- I have friends who are regularly checking in and that's super helpful. And, um, so I, I know that when I connect with someone, and I'm lucky that I have amazing people in my life who can tolerate all the shenanigans that this kind of grief brings, right? And who can say, of course, you're having a bad day. What do you want to do? Like, I just need to reach out and say, hey, yeah. how are you doing? I'm struggling a little. Um, and usually just that connection alone gives me a little bump of like, 
a little more clarity of like, oh, I, it's just today, right? Like, and maybe making a plan for tomorrow. Like, Debbie and I are going to walk tomorrow. I'm going to go over to Hillary's house and hang out with the kids or, you know, just making a plan for myself for the next day um, so that I don't get yes, stuck. Yes, yes. Do you find that if you like kind of honor that, yeah, today's a down day mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. if I just rest instead of trying to push against it, that it passes quicker yes. or not necessarily? Do you? Yes. Yeah. I, I think it passes so much quicker if you're not judging it constantly, right? Like I'm just going to make it yeah. worse and prolong it if I'm saying all kinds of ridiculous things to myself. So yeah. if I can instead say it makes sense, of course you're sad, of course you're tired. So let's just rest today. What do you want to do? Do you want to watch that movie? Do you want it? Like, what do you want to do? And just sort of honoring it like, like I would if someone else were going through that. If I treat myself the way I would treat someone else, then I find that the next day or a couple of days later, I'm like, okay, let's go. What are we doing? Let's make some dinner. Yeah. Let's invite people over. Let's do a puzzle. Right? Like something will yeah. come. <clears throat> That's so good. Yeah. I think that, I think I'm obviously I'm asking these questions because I feel, I feel that I feel sometimes like I get so scared that the down days will last forever. And yes. so I try sometimes to push against them and it mm-hmm. just backfires. You right. have to like that, that when I honor it and I was just curious if that was the same for you, but I, yeah. I have a feeling probably the same for most people that if I you'll just so. and honor it, you know, it'll pass quicker. Yes. So, I love that. Accept, accept. accept. Okay. Let's talk about your word. Okay, my word is congruence. Nice. And, um, <laughs> I, I think just what we were talking about, um, you know, how can I be realistic about what my life is right now and, and um, engage in my life in a way that's congruent with my margins, my energy level, my desires, Mm-hmm. And, um, so that's kind of the surface of it. Like, how can I be congruent with what I need, what I want and, um, and what life looks like right now? How can I make, mm-hmm. can I create a life that's congruent with reality? Nice. <laughs> congruence with, you know, with reality, which, yeah. And then I talked a little bit about this on someplace on social media, someplace online, but, um, and you and I have talked about this, that a lot of the scaffolding or you might also say like the governing voices, the governing bodies mm-hmm. in my life in the last couple of years have fallen away. So whether that's like Steve was a very large voice and large influence in my life and the influence mm-hmm. of my marriage is no longer present. It's a huge space to have vacant. And, um, and then, you know, when I was living in San Diego, I was doing a lot of speaking. The population is just larger. It's a bigger city than where I live now. And I was doing a lot of speaking and, a lot of people that brought me in would invite me to speak and ask me to speak about certain things or, um, you know, to certain groups. And so I was coming into their context and speaking for them and always in a way that was congruent with what I cared about and wanted to be talking about. But what I noticed is that that that's gone. Right. So I don't have someone saying, can you come and talk about this? Or can you come and talk to this group of people? That is a space that has been created in my life right now where that's, there's nothing there. So mm-hmm. I'm, you, know, you and I are working on retreats together. We're doing retreats together. We're, you know, we're podcasting together. I'm podcasting on my own at times. And, um, but without oversight, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um, 
so there's just been a lot of space in my life created. And um, what does it feel like for you to not have oversight? Well, I've been unpacking that. And I think um, it's two things that are opposing. It's sort of like a euphoria of you, mm-hmm. get, you get to be in this place where you can talk about um, and think about and do whatever you want. Like there's tons of freedom. Yeah. And it's scary because there's tons of freedom. And so Mm -hmm. you have to like really deep, what do I care about in this season? What are my priorities? And um, you have to kind of like lean into that in yourself instead of having someone else tell you that. And I know that Mm -hmm. sounds terrible, but there's just more space for your own, trying to discern your own desires. And it's safer and um, easier when it's like super clear what the guardrails are. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a a lot of us are, you know, when you're in a, when you're in a partnership, when you're working for other people, you are adapting all the time to their needs and the responsibilities that they're putting in front of you. Right. So it, it makes sense that like, that's a big, that's a big thing that's on the table. It's like, what does everybody want and need from me? And when some of those things are removed, it, it also makes sense that like, gosh, if it's just me, what do I think about this? What do I want? How would I say it? How would I approach it? What, what decision would I make? That's a really big difference. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it's a little bit disruptive because mm-hmm. um, I, I, have, um, I have like a variety of feelings around it. Like what you're saying. It's like, oh, guy, this is, this is amazing to have kind of like so much space and freedom. And it's also... Oh, okay. Um, it, I need to calibrate to that because I'm not needing to kind of what you're saying, like finesse or, um, or kind of, you know, bend according to what someone else might need. Right. Right. So it's interesting. And so I think like, why congruence figures into that is because as I fill up that space that's, that's vacant right now, I want to do it with congruence. As I move into my work even more in this next season, whatever that's going to look like as I'm writing, I'm in a writing season right now as I'm writing, as we're designing these retreats, as we're podcasting, I want to do that with congruence. And I, um, yeah, I just, I want to make decisions about my home and my lifestyle and all those things with congruence. And Mm. so it's just created like some opportunities and some things that, that, to think about that I haven't. And yeah. um, I just want to be kind of like, I, I don't know if this is a cliche way of saying it, but true to myself and true to my voice and true to yeah. my desire, which yeah. is a lot of work actually, because you have to be aware of what those things are. So, yes. but that's a focus for me for this year. Like, what do I want? Right. What do I really care about? What do I want to give my energy and attention to? And not just like, don't, don't just sort of um, hop in the boat unless I want to. Yeah. Yeah. I want to share this quote that also Lindsay sent me in my retreat box. And it's from Elizabeth Gilbert, who is the writer of Eat, Pray, Love, of many other things, but is best known for Eat, Pray, Love. And she says this, and I think this is good actually for both of us. She says, I'm choosing happiness over suffering. I'm making space for the unknown future to fill up my life with yet to come surprises. Wow. I'm going to read it again. I'm choosing happiness over suffering. I'm making space for the unknown future to fill up my life with yet to come surprises. Mm. 
So good. Because we can look forward with, um, oh, guy, this is just, this is, this is going to have to be hard and have to be awful, yeah. have to yeah. be full of suffering. But there's choices to be made in the space that it is around both of our lives right now. And so I love that idea of choosing happiness over suffering. Wow. And in some ways that will feel wrong for some of us, right? Like for yeah. someone like me who's, you know, wired to suffer from the get-go, um, the idea of letting go of that as a part of my identity really is wow. that's, a big, that's a big job. That's a big amount of work to do. Yeah, that there could be, that you could be a person, that I could be a person, that we could all be people that get to have unknown surprises coming into our lives in this year. Yeah. yeah. And, um, that, that that would be okay. Super lovely. It's just always helpful to know we're not alone, isn't it, folks? So helpful. <laughs> so helpful. Left it alone in my head for too long. It's, it's not good. It's not real good. It's not the truth. Oh, man. Isn't that the truth? Okay. I love you, Elaine. And I love you too. thanks you guys for listening. We'll be back soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Soul Care House podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Any questions or comments you have, if there are topics you'd like us to address, let us know. Feel free to contact me at Elaine at soulcarehouse.com. If you're interested in knowing more about what we do here at Soul Care, Our website is soulcarehouse.com and you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle there is soulcarehouseandbarn. Talk to you soon.